0: And I often tell people people don't leave church because of god mm-hmm. they leave because of other people yeah and so maybe the church isn't growing is because we've offended people not through the gospel but with other words they have nothing that pertains to the gospel
1: mm. Welcome back to the Sand Hills Podcast. My name is Pastor John. I'm joined today by Pastor Malcolm. What's up, my brother? Welcome back to the show. It's good to be back. Good to have you, man. Amen. are it's a, it's a tough topic today. Yeah. Tough topic. They're very here. tough. We're talking about uh, church hurt. And for those of you who haven't watched the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about some more heavy topics um, in regards not only to the theological concepts behind them, but also... Just the, the heart heaviness that comes with these topics, talking about sexuality, uh, LGBTQ communities, talking about uh, love, sex, and dating. And now we're talking about in love, sex, and dating, which was the last episode of Pastor Chris. I highly encourage you to watch it because we start talking about the topic of church hurt in that, in the idea of purity culture. And now we dive fully in today's episode into just straight up, what is this thing? Church hurt. And why, does it, mm-hmm. why is it so rampant? So let me ask you, Malcolm, right off the bat, what comes to your mind when you hear the words church hurt? Um,
0: let me just, let me preface everything. Mm-hmm. This is a very, I mean, this is a very sensitive topic for me because I've experienced church hurt uh, more the time, more times than I care um, to admit. And, and I would say one of the first things, some words that come to my mind are, you know, silent killer. You know, there are many people that have suffered from church hurt and they suffer in silence. And as the one who has been offended, um, they've been made to to feel like it's their fault. Hmm. Um, that it's wrong for them to be offended. Um, I think of of a frailty that even though as people of God, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, we have all that power in us and we have this new identity, but yet we are frail individuals. Hmm. Um I think of, of discouragement, uh, the things that happen when people are hurt by the church. I think of words like uncaring and uncompassionate. Um, I think of words like harsh, rejection, and most importantly, sin. So those are some words I really that really I kind of think about as relates to my own journey mm. in dealing with church hurt.
1: It's... It's something that I've become more aware of, I think, in the past couple of years, hearing how many of my friends have walked through it. I mean, I haven't experienced it personally, but to hear the, the damage that's done yeah. and that, that you realize the fragile nature of someone's heart and, right. and you realize the amount of power
2: yes. that churches have.
1: yes, And they can absolutely crush people, mm-hmm. which is so sad considering how Jesus handled people because what does scripture say a, a broken uh a, a bent reed he, he will not bend or break the reed I right that's what it talks about when he's talking about the soul and the reed is like the softest part of vegetation like you could just barely touch it and things gonna fall apart and he's like he's not gonna bend it he's not gonna break it that's how he handles yeah. people and it's like how are we handling people yeah
0: I mean it's the unfortunate thing is that that we see it, it just reveals the brokenness, how broken people really are. And mm. and we tend to elevate people. But then when the person that elevates you breaks you at the same time, mm. I mean, that you elevate ends up breaking you and hurting you. Uh, like I said, it, and oftentimes people won't even share that they've been hurt by the church. They just leave the church, right? They mm-hmm. just walk away. And I often tell people, people don't leave church because of God. Mm-hmm. They leave because of other people. Yeah. And so number yeah, one huge. killer, it's a silent killer in the church. So it's like, it's like cancer. You, you never you never know it's there until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it's too late, I mean, the damage has been done. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And toxic leadership tends to create toxic oh, yeah. followers. Yeah. And then the person who's experiencing it is like, I got to get out of here. And then they're being hit on multiple fronts. Right. From people who are like saying, we're using words like betrayal. Mm-hmm. Right. Or like traitor. And, 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 and you're abandoning. Right. Or you don't like, you don't have enough faith or like, you're not really a believer. Mm-hmm. And you start quoting, they start questioning all these things that are so personal and between you and God, right? And you're supposed to be enjoying it in community, but then that community is turning against mm. you. And it's just so hard to see because it seems so prevalent. Yeah, I mean, you could
0: have a you can have a strong, God-fearing leader, but we're all sheep. So it may not be the leader, but there's still somebody in the church mm. that that's hurt someone else. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes I know the leader is the one ultimately accountable. But at the same time, we're all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, it's something that's very prevalent and I know we're going to get more into the details of it, but you know, I think too often we we can be quick to blame leadership for it, but you know, you can preach and teach God's word. But if somebody's heart is not receiving it, they could be the very one that's hurting people in the church. Mm. And then it just, it just spins off and just gets chaotic from there.
1: Yeah. So why do you think it's so prevalent? Why do you think so many people are experiencing this? Like,
0: I mean, the, the easy answer is sin. I mean, that's the easy answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also you don't expect it to happen. I mean, people have this notion that when they come into church, they're coming into a building where people, we are the church, are perfect. And we preach it all the time that the minute we step into the building, there's nobody perfect in the building when we step into it. But for some reason, we, we make ourselves believe that Christians are perfect people. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's, that's part of the reason um, why it's so prevalent, because we don't expect it to happen. And also, we don't really, you know, live out Scripture, this idea of bearing one another's burdens. Mm-hmm. So uh, Colossians 3.13 says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And so this verse represents a new attitude that we ought to have, that we ought to um, um, come together through this new attitude in Christ, but that church hurt divides us. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of making an allowance is the idea to restrain from our natural reaction towards things. So I recognize that um, as a believer, John, you're going to disappoint me at some point. Mm -hmm. So I extend grace when it happens. Now, again, it depends on what it is, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because there's a difference difference between church hurt and church abuse. And we Mm -hmm. can talk about that later. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... So I think if it's, an, if it's an old issue or something that's uh, simple, maybe miscommunication or something like that, our natural reaction could be to lash out. But in Christ, the goal is not to naturally react. It's to supernaturally react. And mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. Let, me, let me bear with you. Let me, let me make allowance for your fault. And then let, let me forgive you. This idea that let me not hold what you've done you know, let me not hold that against you forever. Let me truly forgive you. Let me not keep a record of that wrong so that we can truly build um, true relationship in Christ. And so I think that, that, that doesn't really happen because we don't know how to practice that, that, that verse, uh, Matthew 18, 15, in terms of dealing with conflict. Mm. So if your brother or sister offends you, you go to them. So oftentimes we get hurt and we hold it in. And it hurt becomes bitter because we think we're keeping fester. peace mm-hmm. by not communicating it. When we're really, like, it's snowballing, it's becoming a bigger issue.
1: You're really just gearing up for war. That's what when it you, is. When you're fooling yourself into thinking you're being
0: peaceable. Right. And then when you explode, you explode. Mm-hmm. And so it could be something as simple as, you know, the bulletins, you know, in a church and where they go or a certain song, you know, that we're going to sing or, you know, you said this in a sermon. I didn't like it, but I don't say anything and I wait and I wait and I wait. And then you do the smallest thing and I blow up Mm -hmm. because I'm not living out scripture and I'm not going to you the minute you offend me and I'm not dealing with it at that moment. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but again, I don't want to make it seem like it's the offendee's responsibility. I think uh, we got, we got to get to a place where even the offender recognizes what he or she has done Mm -hmm. and they own it Mm -hmm. too often we don't want to own it Mm -hmm. Uh, and so uh, we just do what we do and walk away so there's no self-awareness sometimes people hurt people they're not even they don't even know that they did it and so there's no real communication Uh, and let me say this also i think that that we live in a culture of offense and so people are easily offended and i think that the trick of of the enemy is to get us to live in a fence, hmm. that we're always constantly living with it, dwelling in it. Uh, we marinate in a fence, and, then, and it just blows up at the end because that's what he wants. He, if we live in offense, fence, at some point it will divide mm-hmm. us. And so um, I, it, the other thing is we live in a, in a very consumeristic society, so we want church the way we want it. And when I want church the way I want it, I will hurt you to get what I want. Uh, and so you see that I think that that's prevalent uh, you know Pastor Jeff here at, at Sand Hills talks about that out of a hundred percent of what you experience at church you'll like eighty percent but there's twenty percent you won't like mm-hmm. but that 20 percent is somebody else's eighty mm-hmm. percent and can you love them past your preference and find fellowship and find fellowship with real them.
1: fellowship because you're sac- sacrificial fellowship
0: right but too often we don't do that. Mm-hmm. We don't love people past our preferences or love people past our, what we want. We lash out until we get it mm-hmm. because it's all about me. Mm-hmm. And if it's all about me, I'm capable of hurting you to get what I want. Mm-hmm. And so we have that. And it's all. So that consumeristic mindset that it's all about me. And last but not least, man, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So you have people that have been hurt by the church. They end up hurting other people in the church. Mm-hmm. They haven't dealt with their hurt. Mm-hmm. And so it continues on. Insecure people hurt people. So if I'm insecure about myself, I'll hurt somebody else. Jealous people hurt people, right? And, and and people who are seeking position and and applause by other people will hurt people because I'm just using other people to get to a place of status what in the want. church. That's Consumer, what I want. It's still more consumerism. That's what it is. Just more aggressive. So I think that's why it's so prevalent. Mm. But the basic root
1: sin. is sin. Yeah. Yeah. In our culture is glorifying things i mean even the american mindset right right consumerism you first get mm-hmm. it done do your thing yep and that leads to add, if you let that infect the church right which we have then you're gonna get it's i mean that's why it's so rampant right that's why it's so prevalent right and i think so much of it has snuck in yeah and
0: a lack of people wanting to be held accountable mm. that's huge mm. and, and and so often we throw that word around but do people really want to be held accountable? Uh, And and so I think we say we do, but oftentimes uh, when we are held accountable, we get offended by that. Who are you to tell me what I'm doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Why are you judging me? Mm -hmm. Only God can judge me. It's like, bro, fall back. You're doing too much. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just trying to help you be who God has called you to be. I'm trying to help you to live, live holy. I'm trying to gently
1: restore you. Gent- and I think gently is underlined right, right? there. Gently you know, gentleness. restore you. That's what Paul says in Galatians. Right. He's talking about, and that that makes so much sense Right, that he talks about bearing one another's burdens in Galatians six, right after he talked about the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is, this is not, you can't do this by your own strength. You have to be keeping in step with the right. spirit. As Paul says, living in the fruit of the Spirit, and from that position of keeping in step with the Spirit and being in true community right. of other people who are trying to keep in step with the Spirit, then you can gently restore brothers who have transgressed.
0: Right, right. But we don't do it.
1: It's That's hard work.
0: Right. I mean, it's, it's easier to beat people up mm-hmm. when they've already fallen down than it is to really love them and restore them. Mm-hmm. Loving and restoring people can be very messy, and it takes a lot of time. Kicking people when they're down—that's easy. Uh, You know, the the old joke I guess we're saying is that the church is the only place that kicks its wounded. Mm. That we just beat people up, and it shouldn't be like that. And it's easy to condemn people and and to call them out when they mess up, and that just adds hurt. On the art, you know, if I'm already feeling ashamed and guilt. And now you're going to hurt me even more. Mm -hmm. Then what's the point? Why even go to church? Like the world does that. Why why do I come to church? And so we have to recognize, I mean, that this stuff is so prevalent because one, we allow it. Two, some people don't want accountability. There's some leaders that they don't want to be held accountable if they do something or say something wrong. We got to get to the point and say, you know, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, people are hurting And they just sit there and take it Sunday after Sunday, week after week. And then we wonder when they stop coming to church, why? Just got tired. Mm -hmm. But then they take that hurt someplace else.
1: Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. I mean, this is nothing new to Christianity, though, because sin has been around. Paul was talking about, again, in Galatians, Galatians 5, he says, Be careful that you do not bite and scratch each other, else you will devour one another. Yes. Yes. He's already seeing it happen. Mm Mm-hmm of people in the church attacking one another. And he's like, if we're the ones who are saved by the Prince of Peace, how are we not living peaceably? Right. He's like, what is up with that? Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. And that's, that's the thing, and, and this is what I saw, so even though I haven't experienced church hurt myself or walked through that, seeing, I, I hadn't thought that it was true, but hearing the words of Jesus where he's like, the, the path is narrow. Oh, yeah. And there are a few who walk in. Yeah. I just I was like, seems like everyone's pretty much getting it. Nope. Everybody doesn't get it. Nope. They don't get it. And it that, is tough. It's hard work. It's sacrifice. It's sacrificial. You're yes. giving yourself up. You think about Jesus' ministry, talk about hard work. And that's our example, right? Right. But a lot of people want the benefits, the applause, the income in some situations.
0: And we do whatever it takes to get it. Mm-hmm. And we... And, And so often we are ignorant of what we're doing to people Mm -hmm. to get what I think is a level of success as a Christian in the church. Mm. And so in many ways, you know, it's again, it's that sin nature it's that stuff that's in us that says, hey, I'm going to hurt you, whether it's intentional or by accident. But I'll do it just so I can be who I want to be or achieve Whatever, whatever I want to achieve, I think God has for me, mm-hmm. and that's not the way the kingdom works. So,
1: yeah. What do you think the effects on people are because of church hurt?
0: Now, again, it goes back to what I said earlier. We we're talking about church hurt and not church abuse. So, you want to kind of... So, this idea of, of church abuse is when we're talking about being abused sexually, mm. um, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, um, where church hurt could be. Uh, something where you know, as a leader, um, somebody you know they, they they offend they do something that offends me hmm. personally. They, they may not be abusing me, mm-hmm. uh, but I look at hurt could be a one off thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's more emotional versus criminal. A, abuse abuse is- could be
0: criminal, and it's yeah. an ongoing thing all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's just the way I'm looking at it. Uh, given time frame we have, so it, it depends on what it is. So. Let me let me say this: the hurt can result in several ways, and this is my experience. One, um, our faith becomes contaminated because now we not only do we doubt people, we doubt God. This idea that that if God, if you're loving, if you're faithful, then why would you allow this to happen to me? If you're such mm-hmm. a good God, as the as the preacher has been proclaiming then why would you allow it to happen to me? So then all in of a sudden, place. in this place, mm-hmm. if this is supposed to be a safe place, mm-hmm. the guy in your house, why would you allow this to happen? So now there's a level of mistrust that is now birthed because of this. Uh, then you have this idea, when well, I feel insulted. I feel disrespected. And so that starts to breathe, and all of a sudden it's shame. Because I start to wonder, what is it something that I've done wrong? Mm-hmm. when really it's not me, it's all them, but I internalize it. And so when I was going through uh, my period of church hurt, I really thought it was something wrong with me. Mm. And, and I didn't think it was the other person because I, I thought, M- I love you. So if you're going to hurt me, that must mean I, I did something wrong. And, and so that shame and that guilt, you know, started now, started coming on me like, like a wave and then I felt like like an outcast. You feel rejected. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're at church, whether it's 100 people, 500 people, 1,000 people, and you feel like you don't belong. Mm. You hurt me. Maybe you hurt me because I don't belong here. Or maybe, God, you don't want me here. Well, that may not be the case, but that's how, that's how frail we are. And then it's this feeling of worthlessness. If you value me, you wouldn't have hurt me. Mm. But you hurt me, that must mean I have no value. That must mean I have no worth. I'm not good for you. I'm not good enough. God, I'm not, if I'm not good enough for people, then I'm not good enough for God. And so it can mess up our whole theology because now my identity is now tethered to hurt. Hmm. And we personify hurt. And now hurt becomes this big big monster that's, that's always on us, like prowling at us and beating us up. And, and then what happens is now I have a low self-esteem. Now I'm just jacked up. So now I come to church, I can't even worship because what if I'm trying to worship and the very person that hurt me is leading me in worship? Mm. I can't hear the word being preached because the very person that hurt me is now preaching. And so, so this idea, uh, uh, I feel a sense of disillusionment. You know, I feel, I feel embarrassed. And now, you know, the hurt now runs through the fabric of who I am as a person, soul, mind, strength, hurt now has taken dominion over that and has taken a hold of that. And so how do I love God when I'm hurting so much? And so, and feeling like when I've been singled out, you know, the one thing that that, that hurts people a lot, and I don't know if if preachers we get it, is when we're preaching and and we have these sermon illustrations where we single out people groups. Mm. So in the sermon, we use these funny illustrations and and we target LGBTQ mm-hmm. or we target, you know, millennials or we target, you know, hip hop culture or, you know, rural culture. Or we attack certain people, not realizing those people are not are in our congregations. And we're, we're sacrificing their hearts for the sake of a couple laughs. Right. And that person checks out mm-hmm. and they're hurt. Hmm. Right. They're hurt. Or And that's why, you know, this idea, the pulpit is not the place to, to, to talk about whether, you know, you should be a Democrat or Republican. Because whichever way you go, you're going to hurt somebody else. And now that they're hurt, they're not hearing anything about Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, when we attack women from the pulpit, women now who are listening, they've checked out. Mm-hmm. When we make fun of singles from the pulpit. You know, or y'all single folks who get it when you get married? They think, well, this doesn't pertain to me. So now all of a sudden they feel a sense of hurt. Like you don't, mm-hmm. you don't value me mm-hmm. and we don't know we're doing it. And so this idea that man, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. And we have to be as leaders. We have a lot of responsibility to, to be very careful and be good stewards of our word choice when proclaiming the word of God. The gospel will offend people. You don't have to do that. Truth will offend, mm-hmm. but don't go on your own tangent. And if you're going to talk talk about yourself, it's easier that way. That way you won't offend people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but too often we we preach, and we don't realize that we're you know I've, I've gone I've heard sermons where somebody will say, you know, you know you got people coming to church They need to pull their pants up, take your take your cap off. Well, if you got people in your church that are part of that that culture, they're done. Mm-hmm. They're offended and they walk away. Maybe the church isn't growing is because we've offended people, not through the gospel, but with other words. They have nothing that pertains to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah.
1: It's just, one of the things that I think of, uh, there's a really good line in Arthur Miller's The Crucible where he, he rolls up into Salem, Massachusetts. There's a witch trial going on. And someone asks him why he has you know, why his his Bible is so big. And he says, well, because it's weighted with authority. Mm. And it's a good line because I I keep that in mind because it's the idea of we have this very heavy book and it is weighted with authority. And if you start swinging that thing around, you can really hurt someone or you can really heal someone. Yeah. And one of the other things I think about as a young minister, you know, first year in ministry coming up in September, right? Congratulations. Hey, thank you. Yeah. You know, that's good stuff. Yeah. But I think about when I'm when I'm counseling someone, when I'm going up in to speak, I have to think that I've got a like a loaded gun in my hand and I can't swing this thing around like a toy. Right. Or I'm liable to hurt someone real bad. But if I handle it as a tool and use it appropriately, I can go hunt and feed some people. Right. And And I feel like... The American pastor, right? This 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 title and this idea of what it is in our culture over the last you know 50 years, especially with the onset of televangelists and things like that, has become something where they're they're wielding it like a toy. Yeah, and people are just getting
0: wrecked. Well, you know that, that that's part of my my testimony. You know, before following Jesus when I would go to church and hear the pastor preach, I felt like, you know, the pastor was talking down to me and I didn't, I didn't hear grace. And I know some would argue, oh, you know, you're offended by the gospel, you're offended by the truth. And that may be a part of it, you know, but I was the guy, you know, who was, who was single and I felt as though, you know, I was, I was the joke. Mm. you know, um, of the sermon. And at that point, it's like, I hated preachers. Mm. I really, and it's funny, I've become that, which I hated. Uh, <laughs> but, but, so you're right. We have such a huge responsibility to be stewards of God's word in such a way that let's let the Holy Spirit offend people. We don't have to do it. Because when God does it, he does it in such a way that is there to restore and redeem people. Mm-hmm. When we do it, we're tearing people down. Mm-hmm with no desire, no intent to build them back up. When God does it, it's truly
1: restorative and redemptive. I, I think sometimes statistics can, can, can mess with us in the sense of, you know, Jesus says, you know, feed my sheep, right? He's like, I'm, I'm the shepherd, but I'll be back. Yeah. Till then, you've got the responsibility. You feed my sheep. If you've got a hundred people, you got a hundred sheep, right? 99 of them are really healthy, doing great but the way that they're healthy is that you butchered one of them. <laughs> when the shepherd comes back his question isn't going to be, "Wow, great job on the 99." He's going to find the, the butchered sheep because he's got 100 on his list and be like, "What did you do to him?" What did you do? <laughs> so we cut the sheep up. He, butchered the one. He said, "But look at the we'll look at all these other ones." And he's like, "I said feed my sheep, all of my sheep." Right. And and I think it's that idea of like with those the the, the easy hits. Yeah. And the jokes. I mean, it, you know right?
0: I mean? You know, it's it's. You have good sermons and good preaching. I'm not saying you can't address some of those things, but there's a way to be tactful mm-hmm. when we and communicate graceful. And, and graceful, gentle. right?
1: Right. Which are all the things we're commanded to be in the first place,
0: right? I mean, there's right? some great. Is it? There's some great men of God, great icons of the faith, great leaders, mm-hmm. and sometimes, and and I've, I can be guilty of it too. So I'm not making it seem like I'm, I'm above. Like messing made up. it. yeah, right. But sometimes it's not—it's not what you say; it's how you say it too. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to be careful. Yeah.
1: What do you think the effects on the church have been of this?
0: I mean, it—it it, it weakens our witness. Is what it does primarily.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and when I, and when our witness is weakened, then how do people know about the gentle and lowly servant Jesus? Mm. You know, this this God man, this King that we serve. Uh, they, 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 some people contend to project, Oh, that's the way Jesus is. I don't want that then. So it ruins the witness when we, when we do that. Mm-hmm. I know people, there's a story about a guy, um, when I was in seminary, he had just been released from prison and he went to a church and he had on this kind of fishnet, like, like top mm-hmm. his shirt. Mm-hmm. That's all he had. And so he goes to the church And the deacon says to him, you can't come in here dressed like that. We don't want your kind in here like this. We don't want your kind in here like that. And the guy said, from that point on, I will never go to church because if that's the God you represent, I don't want to have anything to do with that God. Mm. Witness destroyed. And so when people are hurt by the church, that stuff spreads like a wildfire, news spreads. And we've heard of many leaders, you know, recently that have done things, and that just, it's a poor testimony. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, the good thing is God's glory fills the earth. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing we can do to mess up the glory of God. Right. At the same time, though, man, we could really ruin the witness. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and so I think that's an effect. I think it demonstrates our lack of oneness because we do it to each other. Right. You, you know, you got, there's so many issues in the church. And I get the church is flawed. Mm-hmm. Right. Praise God. that it's because of Christ, that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church Amen. because if it was left up to us. And I've already been done. Hell. I have a party right now. Oh, right. Yeah. So, so we're thankful that, that Jesus is in control, mm-hmm. but it weakens our oneness to the world. And they're like, look how they look how they hurt each other. We use theology to hurt each other. Right? We beat each other up with Bible verses. We use tradition. We use tradition to hurt each other. It's like, yo, s- stop. Language and cultural. Right? It's like, you know, if you got an NIV Bible and I'm King James only, I'm attacking you, you you're not using the real Bible. Like, my guy, calm down. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not that deep. Mm-hmm. You know, the KJV... Is an academic translation of God's word, mm-hmm. right? Let's 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 understand that. And so, you know, whether it's hymns or to, or contemporary music or gospel, or the, we we use a lot of things to hurt each other and to divide us. Mm-hmm. And so it messes with oneness. And I think it also demonstrates to the people that we're not as compassionate and understanding as we come off to be,
1: mm. or as we say we are. Right. Right. Say, hey, come experience uh, on on my card that I hand out to people for mm-hmm. the young adult ministry at the church. It says real people, real talk, real life. Right. And the idea is when someone walks in, they're like, okay, real people, real talk, real life. Let's see what this looks like. Cause Christians are saying they've got something real mm-hmm. that no one else has. And they walk in and be like, this looks worse than the place I came from right. in the world. <laughs> what it, it's all the same. And then right. they go, it's all the same. None of this matters. Yeah. It's all made up for money. I've been hearing that so much recently, and it's because of things like that, where they're like, it's no different. And the question yeah. is, are you willing to do the hard work to live different?
0: No. Many people aren't. So, so I'll tell you this. So, so being completely transparent, and, and I hope this, this helps to free people when they recognize, oh, wow, he went through it too. I was in a situation where, you know, as a leader, I had people flat out tell me, we, we don't listen to you, and we've never listened to you. And only have we never listened to you, we've been undermining everything that you've been doing. I mean, you think about that. The, the level of, of not just personal attack, but I'm like, dude, the disrespect. The contempt. The, the disregard for who I am, just as a person. Yeah. And so having to navigate through all of that, and for me, I walked away. But even in walking away, dude, there were people literally attacking me for what I couldn't even walk away peacefully mm. because they just didn't understand. Like, you know, not only are you hurting me, but you're hurting my family. And, and, and so I think we, we don't realize, man, the effects of church hurt run deep. There are there are pastors that refuse to answer the call of God because of church hurt. Mm. People don't want to live out their calling. They don't even want to use their gifts because they've been hurt in the church. Mm-hmm. And now for me, I have to deal with the long lasting effects of do I forgive you or not? Mm-hmm. As I'm praying that God will take the breath out of their body. And now I'm in sin because I'm really praying God kill them. Mm-hmm. I want them to hurt as much as they've hurt me. And then God says, no, you don't want that. Mm-hmm. You want the same grace I've given to you. You want that for them. The same mercy I've given you, pray that I will give them the same kind of mercy, and you should have the same mercy for them as well. So I've walked through this church hurt thing, and and to the point where, you know, I get it. We when we idolize people in the church, and that very and the very people we idolize hurt us, we walk away and say, no, that you shouldn't idolize people. You shouldn't idolize. And I know we'll talk about that later, but I mean, it's that's the effect, and it runs deep hmm yeah.